0: Well, good morning. Good morning. We are, uh, we are in the fifth week of our series, in the Going Home series. And, uh, we're starting a little bit of a new topic as we shift, but actually in the exact same topic. So, uh, just to get started, you know, last week, I had somebody come to me after I was done preaching, and they said, I just gotta tell you this story about my life. They said, uh, you know, the last few weeks, I haven't been able to work. There's been some things going on, and, uh, there were some details he shared there about why he wasn't able to work and uh, Asked to hold back from doctors and that and uh, as he was holding back It was also unpaid then and he said I just got to tell you it was getting tighter and tighter and actually it was Getting a little tough and as I understood what was happening. Um, well We kind of calculated where we were at and figured out we were probably about two weeks short on pay And we need to figure some things out and I'm just about getting ready to say Well, you know come talk to us and at the church, you know And we can work through some benevolence elements and and uh, let's get this thing covered and didn't get the words out And he said so So I was with a group that I'm serving with and uh, We got done praying And I turned around to talk to someone. And uh, when I turned back around, the whole group was standing there with an envelope. They handed over, just said they were praying. I put it in my pocket, didn't say anything, and just said, you know, appreciate it, hugs, whatever, and got home, counted it out. How much was it? Two weeks worth of pay. God working. God providing we have an amazing giving God and sometimes he chooses to give right through you right through me as we reach to the one next to us as we pour it out into this body as we pour it out into the community the question really is God what do you want from me so that you can be mirrored in this world. i got to tell you something. Giving. It can sound like the nasty G word. It also sounds like exaction. Making me, or it can be the unbelievable privilege of participating in someone else's life or in the life of the church as we watch the kingdom furthered and people cared for. Today we're going to be looking at how do we model our king, the giver? How can I be a giver? So turn with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. we got ushers coming forward. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand or get a hold of them, get their attention, they'll get a Bible to you, okay? 2 Corinthians 8. How can I model God, the great giver? Now if you notice in this one, there's seven points. So it doesn't mean it's like three times as long of a sermon, okay? Uh, I just wanted to make sure that I broke it out so you could see the specifics of each of these points and how detailed Paul is about giving and what we can learn about it in this community. So here we go. First point, give to the church. Notice it says in chapter 8, verse 1, it says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches." of Macedonia For in a severe t- test of affliction Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of Generosity on their part Starting back at verse 1 there. We want you to know brothers. So let's just break it down. We uh, Whenever you jump into a book like this and you're trying to figure out what we means You always need to go back to the front of the book and see who actually authored it Okay, in this case it's Paul and Timothy and they're writing. They're writing to who? Well, the church at Corinth—that's why it's called Corinthians. But it actually says, "And to the churches throughout Achaia." Okay, so there's this Paul and Timothy writing to the Corinth and Achaia churches, and this is what he says: We, Paul and Timothy, want you, Corinth and Achaia, to know, brothers, family, ones who have trusted in Jesus Christ along with us, ones who are on an adventure of a lifetime. We want you to know this about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia The churches of Macedonia were in a world hurt There was a lot going on There was a lot of pain and struggle and some of what we need to understand is culturally when they decided to say I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ There was often sort of a, a Refusing of them by family by friends. There was a pushing away. They ended up Sometimes losing their job if it was connected to family business, there was oftentimes a deep struggle financially And they rallied together and they lacked arms with one another. They cared for each other like never before it sort of went like this Wait, wait You just stepped out in faith? Get over here and they put their arms around him and hold on to him tight and we got you covered man that's what it looked like family Brothers, there was huge cost in stepping out. Now, in modern day America, we're happy when people come to know Christ, but quite frankly, there's not a lot of persecution over it. And so, oftentimes, we get soft in our care. We have to be really careful for that. That's not God's plan. If you actually look deeply into God's plan, He says, first, it is the grace of God. God giving things we didn't even deserve, pouring on us, lavishing on us the joy and the privilege of what he's sharing. Have you ever heard grace, if you break it down, God's riches at Christ's expense? Have you heard that? Simple little acronym, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. It's not something I deserve. It's something from him because of him poured upon me. Wow, what a privilege. It says the churches of macedonia were impacted verse 2 for in a severe test of affliction Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity In a severe test of affliction And not just a test of affliction Not even a big test of affliction, but at a severe test of affliction Like a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and a lot of sorrow went into This poverty You know what the word affliction means there? It literally means to put pressure on as to crush a grape it was that same word they used for when they're crushing grapes it was to push down so hard that it would burst them that's what they were under that kind of pressure and affliction a severe test of affliction their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty let those two settle in abundance of joy extreme poverty Are you hearing a bit of conflict there? Like, I think our average person in America would go, uh, that's not possible. Right? Like, if there's extreme poverty, there is not an abundance of joy. Wrong answer. That's not a biblical answer. Actually, in the midst of their struggling with the day-to-days, they became fully aware of the value of the eternal nature of our God and His amazingness. And the little bit they did have became nothing but a tool to say, Our God's awesome. That's what was going on an absolute overwhelming abundance of joy in the in the amazingness of God So willing to share of whatever they had as little as it might be Picture like a barrel of water like this big And God's over the top just pouring it in, right? And the water's filled to the top and it's sort of, there's waves undulating over it as he keeps pouring. And it just keeps spilling over the top and splashing onto the sides. And he just keeps pouring and it just keeps spilling out. And that which spills out is actually a blessing to those around. And that's what's going on. Just so poured up and filled up with joy that it's pouring out onto the streets and making an impact. That they're sharing with the churches of Macedonia everywhere everywhere. God's moving. They have an abundance of the only thing you can have when you know the Almighty personally. Joy. The amazing fulfillment. You know, it says that it overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Extreme poverty wealth. Again, conflict, right? Paul's making a point. It doesn't take a lot of money to be able to make an impact for the kingdom. It takes a heart on fire for him. Amen? Like that's what we've been working through the last four weeks. It's, Lord, stir my soul. God, I want you at the center of who I am. You show me what you want done. I'm here to serve you in my abundance of joy in knowing you. May you just direct me to the next spot so that you can be glorified. And the first place here in the examples was to the churches. The churches that were struggling. But the churches that were trying to thrive in the midst of teaching people how to love their Lord Make sure they're covered and cared for That's what was going on So first give to the church second give sacrificially verses three through five Notice in verse three it says For they gave according to their means as I can testify and even beyond their means of their own accord They gave according to their means as I can testify, paul 's saying, i 'm telling you I was there. I, I saw it." Their sharing of whatever they have it 's an amazing thing. In fact, they even shared with me. I can testify to this. it 's impactful. it 's amazing. They gave based on what God gave to them. In fact, they even gave beyond their means. There's times where I saw them giving things that were guaranteed need in their house. And yet they shared it out, counting on God being able to provide back in at some point. It's an amazing giving plan that Paul was saying they're on. I got to tell you, we want you to be careful. This isn't a, you know, cut all bank accounts and kill all retirement. Like that's not what we're talking about. But they were being extreme givers. That's what was going on. And they had a high faith in their God. Make sure we rely on him, not on ourselves. That's what he's saying. Notice their view, their attitude. What does it take to be able to give like that? Verse 4. Begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Begging us. Pleading. Come on, let us give. And Paul's going, you guys should just stop. Seriously, you're at a spot where you've given enough. Just hang on. we got to get some of the churches to give to you. And they're like, come on, let us give. We're going to give you some stuff, man. I don't care what you say, Paul. I'm giving you stuff. I'm just telling you. We're ge- Come on, let us participate in this favor, this privilege, the opportunity of seeing a face. Smile of seeing tears well up, of seeing a life changed. Let us be a part of that. We've already been a part of it and we've gotten a taste and we don't want to stop. Help us to be a part of the help. He says to in part take care of the relief of the saints. It's an amazing privilege to take care of those around us. He says and this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us So what's the secret plan of giving? Here it is give first To the Lord you make sure that you are completely sold out for him and as you are sold out for him He'll show you where to give That's the plan It's, Lord, I'm giving you all of me. What would you have for me this day? What would you have for me this week? Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? Who would you have me give to? What are you moving in that you want me to be a part of? And God, I'm there. I'm giving myself to you. And then let him stir. And let him move as he directs you to give. That's the giving plan. Give to the Lord, all of you. And then let him turn you around and send you out to be a giver That's the secret to giving God's way It's an amazing privilege to give You know, uh, there was a king in Prussia In the early 1800s, King William And uh, they were, had been at wars and battles He had called his men out to battle a number of times And as they went to battle and were ransacked a couple of times And had to defend their their country was beat up and as he was trying to rebuild and build some energy and motivate them What he noticed is he was running out of cash And he didn't have an answer and he basically came before the people and he said this I have no ability To continue to rebuild as much as I'd like to we have two choices. We either turn ourselves into the enemy God forbid or ladies Now I need you to step up. The men have stepped up in war over these last number of years. Now I need you to come forward with your gold and your silver and pour it out. And we're going to take that gold and silver. We're going to melt it down. We're going to get money for it. We're going to rebuild based on what you have. That's the plan. And here's what I'm going to do. For every one of you that gives, I'm going to give you a little coin that says, I exchanged gold for iron. That's like, I exchanged this For this. You know what I'm saying? It was the I got gypped and I like it. Like that's what this that's what it was saying, okay? And then it put the year under it, eighteen thirteen. It became not only a call from the king, but it came became a passion of the people. As they came and just poured out their gold and their jewelry and their and their silver. And they got these little iron things that they ended up wearing. And actually it got to be such a thing that all of a sudden if you were walking around in the streets and somebody was wearing gold, you were like, Excuse me, have you not heard what we're doing around here? Right? And it became such a press that jewelry became passe. It just wasn't cool to wear that stuff. You should be sacrificing for your country. What are you doing? And so all of a sudden, nobody wore jewelry. They wore these iron circles. King William looked at it and said, it's not an attractive enough thing. So they shaped it into a cross, an iron cross. Have you heard of that? That's where it started. The iron cross was a symbol of sacrifice for your country. And it started with King William as he was in need. And he rallied his people underneath the cause. Here's the question. How are we doing as believers in wearing whatever it is we need to wear that reflects I'm giving for my king? I'm giving for his cause what he's going after where he's moving what he's looking to accomplish. I'm sold out to him And I'm showing that in all the giving I've got That's what he's calling us to be is an amazing sacrificial giver to where he's moving May we move with him. May we assist his kingdom in going forward. Did you know this? Jesus Christ says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. You want to put your money somewhere good? Check out the church. Not going under. Not anytime soon. Make sure we give to where God is moving. And make sure we watch him work with all joy and passion as we go after it. That's a giving plan. Third point give increasingly. Give increasingly. You know, if we go to uh, verse 7, it says, But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Act of grace meaning the giving that he's talking about. So let's go back to the beginning. But as you excel, as you get better and better and better at the following things, you know, as you're improving in, as you continue to become amazing at faith, believing in Him with all you've got, speech, letting what's inside of your heart come spilling out onto your lips, and it's amazingly uplifting to the community at large. As you're getting better at that going on. As you're getting better, not just at the faith and the speech, but also the knowledge, the knowing of him. And then it says, and in all earnestness, you know, the sold out nature. As your sold outness is improving, keep this in mind. And as your love improves for the people, make sure that your giving is being evaluated and is improving as well. Give increasingly. Excel in giving. That's the battle cry here make sure that you reflect the giving nature of your god in fact look at verse 9 he says for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that through, that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich we have an ultimate model in jesus christ the king of kings and lord of lords he owns everything And he chose to put himself into the humbled position of man. He chose to put himself into a spot where he would be mocked, beaten, set aside, ignored, spit on. Where he would be left whipped within an inch of his life and then finally crucified for you and for me. Oh, we serve a giving God. Amen. That's what we have to keep in mind. Our God is amazingly giving. And Lord, may I not run ahead and just try to do some monetary thing I drop, but may I instead meet you face to face. And as I meet the amazing giver of the universe and you start shaping me, then may I become the same as you, an amazing giver. Let me excel in my giving, Lord. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be as sacrificial as you. I want to be as increasingly giving as you. Lord, may you be celebrated in my life. And then he says, our fourth point here, give proportionately in equal sacrifice. Give proportionately in equal sacrifice. Look at verse 11. He says, so now finish doing it as well. You got to love when Paul's real, right? Right? I mean, he's like, hey, I appreciate that you've been talking a lot about what you want to do. Do me a favor. Finish doing that. Like you're talking about wanting to give. Be that giver. Okay. It, it's great to talk about it. It's great to want to do it. But please do me a favor. Finish it. Complete it. He says so that your readiness in desiring it may be, may be matched by your completing it out in what, out of what you have. Please follow through. Verse 12 for if the readiness is there It is acceptable according to what a person has not according to what he does not have Do me a favor Give according to how god's given to you. That's what paul's saying Remember this it's equal sacrifice It's not equal giving In all of what we do in the life of the church in all of what's going on as we give we need to be reflecting on lord What have you entrusted to me and let's be blunt right now? There are people that are in this body that are not in a position to be able to give. God has got you in a different spot. And right now, the time is actually to be maybe getting some assistance or being on hold as you try to get things figured out. Hey, that's where you are. Like, that's real. Don't worry. Your time will come. There's always an opportunity to be giving as we go along in life. Let's watch what God does as he moves you through the position you're in. Be relishing the fact that you can be with your God. And for others, we might be in a spot where God has said, I'm just pouring it on big right now. I'm just telling you, I'm giving you unbelievable amounts of privilege. It might be in areas of privilege in the op- in the office where you now have a promotion. And you have a privilege of talking to people in ways you didn't before. And you can bring the truth of Jesus Christ, albeit still legally, in balance, being careful of how you bring the love of Jesus Christ, but bringing it right where he's brought you. And maybe he's brought you to a spot where he's pouring on you with that with cash that you weren't expecting and you're like what in the world maybe god's saying for such a time as this equal sacrifice lord whatever you've given to me and entrusted to me may i be a manager that passes it out as you see fit here's the bummer the american way right you kind of like you do this you kind of hold up and then whatever gets poured in you sort of catch and then you're like, "Mine." Right? We know that word well. We learn it at like one and a half, two, right? And we say, mine. Unfortunately, it's one of the first words learned by our kids, right? And some of us are like, oh no, mine learned grandpa first. Great, good for you. The second word they learned was mine then, okay? The bottom line is our kids learn to be selfish very fast in life. It's built in to who they are as they struggle with life and try to figure things out. And we, as we grow up, Somehow maybe never shag a piece of that and we start living the collect it all and then keep it all And our goal becomes whoever has the most toys in the end Wins nice bumper sticker, right? What a lame announcement on life is let me collect as much as I can and as I collect it If I keep getting more and more stuff for myself, I'm really cool, right? That's not God's plan God's plan As I treat you as a manager and as I entrust to you as I pour things out to you I'm asking you to then look around and see what i'm working with right in your backyard and help pour into it You're a manager of mine and you're working with me to accomplish Let's do this together as we give of equal sacrifice As we give proportionately based on what god's entrusted to us So the first step in that giving equal sacrifice is just readiness. Lord, prepare my heart. Where does that come from? Well, we already talked about it. It comes from giving the, all of you to him. That's the readiness that he's talking about. Now I'm ready to give. Where do you want me to go? You're like a runner in the blocks. And then the second piece is uh, follow through. It's okay, Lord. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to give? This is Paul's statement to 2 Corinthians. To the This is the second letter to him that we have recorded in Scripture. Saying how he wants them to give. What he wants accomplished in the midst of the giving. Giving with equal sacrifice. We have a great privilege and an honor to walk with our God who trusts us. Who shares with us. And he asks us as he's entrusted to share out proportionately. I just wrote a couple quotes down here. Uh, One was just from an anonymous person. A follower of Jesus Christ. Who was asked to describe why they're so excited about following him, and he said this. Why do I why am I so excited about following Jesus? Well, he never asks me to go anywhere that he has not gone. He never asks me to face anything that he has not faced. He never asks me to love anyone that he has not loved. And he has never asked me to give anything that he has not already given. My God is leading the way. I love following him. Hudson Taylor, a great missionary to China, he said, when God's work is done in God's way for God's glory, it will never lack God's supply. What a great promise to just relax. God's going to open doors and close doors as he sees fit. Just respond to the Almighty as he calls upon you. And trust yourself to him and watch him move. You know, that's four pretty fast-paced points moving through chapter 8. But I wanted to make sure that we grabbed quickly and the whole of what he's talking about. He asks us to give to the church. He asks us to give sacrificially, to give increasingly, to give with equal sacrifice. Equal sacrifice not equal giving. It doesn't mean all the same dollar amount. It means as he entrusts to you you entrust to him Chapter nine though, he kind of takes a little turn This is a little bit of a message to the elders and the pastors and and for you to hold us accountable Give as a church to outside needs That's the point number five. So as a church to outside needs That's why we need to give let me just start in verse 1 it says now it is superfluous Do you use that word often in your daily life? Yeah You know, it's really unnecessary and I'm going over the top to do this, but I just want you to understand right? That's what he's saying. It is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints for I know your readiness I know you're in the blocks. I know you're ready to race of which I boast about you to the people of Macedonia saying that a kai has been ready since last year Remember they're one of the people he's writing to The church is at ki And he's saying I know you've been ready to give for like A year I know that I've been talking about you In fact I've been bragging on you a little bit Your zeal has stirred up Well most of them Do you notice that it says that It doesn't say Your zeal has stirred them all up Like everybody's on fire because I heard of your giving He said you wouldn't believe it You've stirred up most of them There's a few of them that aren't stirred. We're going to talk to them. Let me tell you, your giving and your willingness to give across regional boundaries, across racial boundaries, across boundaries that you would have never crossed before, except because of Jesus Christ. You're willing to do that. That you're willing to raise up cash flow, that you're willing to sacrifice time, that you're willing to deliver in and help make an impact for. It's stirring them. God is showing them how universal he is as he cares not just for those in his own backyard but for all believers. It says that they've been stirred and then in verse 3, but I am sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Let me help you out a little bit right verse 4 otherwise if some macedonians come with me and find that you are re- are not ready we would be humiliated to say nothing for you for being so confident so i thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised so that it might be ready as a willing gift not as an exaction he's saying look our cell phones aren't working real well i can't get the word to you very readily i, I tried using the post office Doesn't exist yet, right? How do I get the word to you on this? So I'm sending somebody ahead to let you know. We're coming. We do have a need. I know it's been a year. Are you willing to participate with us still? Step forward and let's do this thing. So they're going around and now they're being able to knock on doors and say, Hey, remember that gift you talked about? And we talked about doing this thing of and yeah, well, they're going to be here in... I don't know like a week or two and can you help us get ready with and then people can take a little bit of time to figure some things out and arrange some things and Really he was doing a little bit of a mini stewardship campaign if you will Right as he's walking around and getting people prepared and letting them think things through and pray things through and figure out What's appropriate so that they could respond And get ready with a willing gift Not an exaction See where god's at work get willing to jump in Let's go after this thing It's a great opportunity to watch God be celebrated. You know, as we talk about giving outside the church, I just want to make a few things clear to you. Uh, Let me just say this. We're currently in a series called Going Home. And we're talking about building some walls, a permanent building, and what the ministries could be that go on inside those walls. The next series that we're going to do coming up after this, we're going to do a three-week series called Beyond These Walls. We're going outside the church into the community as a large. What does missions look like here when we talk about worship walk work and Witness, what about that fourth W? I mean here we are talking a lot about a building in our own little place and bringing people in and raising up disciples and worship walk work all inside the church. That's great, but We're reaching outside as well and this three-week series. We're going to talk about is um, targeting first of all globally What are we doing internationally with missions? And then the next week, locally, what are we doing around here in our own community? What are some things already going on? What are some things we're getting ready to launch? And then personally, what can you be doing to be sharing the love of Jesus Christ with family or friends that you know? Spreading the word in missions, globally, locally, and personally. We're going beyond the walls next. Making sure that we are reaching out as a church to the outside community. You might not know this, but uh, currently if you give to this church, you're giving to a general fund. Uh, we dedicate right now about 10%, a little bit, little bit over 10% that we're dedicating to missions. So we're currently spending about 140000 this year in missions. Uh, a good chunk of that is going towards church planting. Uh, the monies that we sent up to the fellowship helped launch 13 churches this last year. And then we specifically took, uh, do you remember this? We took $60,000 and we went out and we worked with Harvest Bible Chapel Denver. Some of you who are newer here, you're like, you planted in Denver? Like, that's not very close to here. You could plant closer than that. Did you know that? Yeah, we realized that. But we actually had a connection with a senior pastor who was here that wanted to plant out there. We had, well, we had about a 100 families that wanted to move out there, seven that actually did. The mountains were calling, but a few did. We were able to respond, okay? We did send about seven families out, a senior pastor. $60,000 were able to help start a leader team out there. That leader team launched a church in November with God's help and and provision and the Holy Spirit moving and the hearts and lives out there. That church is now running right at one ninety-two hundred, doing really well out there day by day, week by week as a church is on the map in Denver because we put some monies toward it this year we're looking at doing some things in romania and i don't want to go into all of it or i've blown my whole sermon coming up but we're going to be doing some things in romania and we're excited about that we're looking at some things other international places okay we're doing a lot with reaching out into the community we're going to be doing some things right here in our own backyard as well heads up to that we're going to be talking a lot about it in the next few weeks i'm excited about what it means to get fired up as disciples and then monday through saturday living it out there Saying, Lord, who do you want me talking to? God, where can we make an impact? How can my hands and my feet make a difference for your kingdom? Taking it to the streets beyond these walls. It's a big part of giving. It's a big part of who we're going to be. It's a big part of who we are already. Okay. Sixth. Give cheerfully, not out of compulsion. Give cheerfully, not out of compulsion. This comes from verse 7. He says each one must give as he has decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver each one Let's just break it down here each one Pretty obvious, right? So each of us each one Okay, and then he goes into a pretty heavy statement must give command must give Must give what? Well as he has decided in his heart That's the giving plan May God move and stir in your life to show you what you should be giving May you so meet him in your private time in your power time as he is giving you life change as you are Experiencing maybe for the first time victory in your life as you literally Are being transformed from one degree of glory to another may that God who's doing that in your life Also show you where he wants you to just begin pouring out and go after it literally give As you've chosen in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know what reluctantly looks like? It looks like this. When you go, (laughs) fine. Right? That's reluctant. Like I'm holding on even when they've already got a hold of it. Like I just don't want to let go of that bad boy. You know what I mean? And I finally go, fine. The word fine is almost always there with reluctantly. You know what I mean? under compulsion compulsion you know what that looks like it looks like this okay fine you know give it over here so you're being pushed into it okay it's not you choosing it's not you deciding it's not you reasoning based on where you're at and what god's entrusted to you it's somebody saying do this compulsion those are bad reasons to give it's not what should be happening in the church What should be happening in the church is us working on just helping you get to know your God like you've never known him before and let God stir. And as you've decided in your heart, so be it. Give cheerfully. Give, literally the word means hilariously. We love to give, right? I mean, how many times do you see us when we announce the offertory? We often clap during it. It's a chance for worship. May we celebrate Him. We can give to Him. May we lift Him up. Our God being celebrated in the midst of our sharing of what He's entrusted to us. That's what we're talking about. Not under compulsion. Not reluctantly cheerfully as you've decided in your heart Literally saying god may you be celebrated because you are so amazing And then the last one give expectantly Give expectantly Let's go back to verse six It says the point is this Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. It's a picture of a farmer, and he's basically giving you this image of a farmer that picks up his bag of seed and says, This seed is worth a lot of money, and because it's worth a lot of money, I'm not going to waste it. I'll just sprinkle a lot less and save some. So that I've got it for next year, even maybe. And, and as I just do a little instead of the right amount in, and then I can set it aside and say, I've saved seed. What I need to expect is less stocks will grow up, right? It's kind of the obvious, less seed, less plants, less plants, less grain. So as you sow, you reap. The farmers are like, duh, right? That's, and the rest of us are going, does that apply? Right, it's one of those things we need to work out as we work through scripture. What does God mean? That we will reap what we sow. I got to tell you this. Some have turned it to this statement If you throw cash out more will come flowing back at you, right? And so we get these images like if I take a dollar and pitch it out, five hits me in the head. So I pick it up and I throw five out and ten hits me in the head. And, and, and that's what gets talked about. And Like you turn on the TV and the first thing they're talking about is buy the magic hanky and, and throw some cash at me. And God will throw some back at you. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Okay. That's not what scripture is teaching. Be very careful. The bountifulness, and we'll talk about it in just a second. He says that his grace may abound in you. You will have him lavishing upon you. You will be reaping what you sow. But what you're sowing is not cash. What you're sowing is a heart on fire for him. That's what you're sowing. And Lord, may I share cheerfully of all that's going on in me. And as I plant what I'm so excited about, he says, oh, that's going to thrive. And more of that comes back as you're more excited for him. And you plant more of that and more comes. Are you seeing it? You will reap what you sow. Just make sure you understand what you're sowing. Sowing green usually gets decaying money in the ground. Okay. What it's really about. Is God working in your life as you literally give him your heart passionately and compassionately? Notice he says right after it there, uh, we'll jump to verse 8. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work. Whew. Have you ever heard the never say never and always, right? Paul's like, not in this case. I'm just telling you, here you need to say it a lot. Listen to what he says again. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's a lot of God doing some things there. I'm telling you, when you get all involved, God's involved. That's what's going on. And he's pouring upon the grace that can abound unto you so that you literally can do more than you ever thought possible. For him in his glory, his work through you as he's entrusting you God moving mightily And you're abounding in every good work He says in verse 10 he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness increase the harvest of your money Is that what it says? increase the harvest of what? Your righteousness. Are you hearing it? Lord, I'm giving you my soul. And I want you to transform me. The harvest is righteousness. A changed heart for him and a passion for him like you've never seen before. May God literally transform you from one degree of glory to another. He says at the end here, For the ministry of this service is not only, this is verse 12, for the ministry of the service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. You know what comes along with righteousness? Unbelievable thankfulness. God moving in your life. There was a man who went and interviewed some workers. They were working with an architect, Christopher Wren. And he said, hey, what are you doing? True story here. First worker said, I am making money. What does it look like I'm doing? I'm trying to pay for my family. The second guy said, I don't even have a family. I'm just trying to stay busy every day. The third guy said, I am working on one of the greatest cathedrals that will ever exist. And it's such a privilege. Which one do you think worked the hardest? Right? Vision and perspective. Make sure that as we go out, make sure that as we participate with him, we are literally giving in a way that says, Lord, I'm watching you move. Lord, I'm watching you shape. I am working on the greatest thing to ever be worked on. As you have promised, the church will literally not be beaten. May your kingdom thrive. May your building literally explode into change in people's lives. I'm so excited for what you're doing, God. May I be a part of that. Give expectantly, give with vision. Give increasingly, give with a balance based on what God's been entrusting to you. Give with excitement and cheer as you literally watch him change lives. That's how we're called to give.